This, this is the Our Auto Expert Podcast. Find us on air, online, on mobile, and on your smart speaker. Please subscribe at ourautoexpert.com. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Now, here's the host of Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Nick Miles. Locally created, nationally celebrated from the northwest to the southeast. This is the World's Car Radio Show. It has a throttle. We'll feature it on air, online, on smartphone, or on smart speaker. This is our auto expert, where two million Americans get their automotive news daily. I'm your host, Nick Miles, along with truck girl, Jen. Um, can't really talk about the vehicle we drove in today, because we're going to have somebody on the show uh, next week to talk about it. Mm-hmm. But we can play you a clip. Uh-oh. Play you a clip from the show, from the drive-in. All right, Serious horsepower. Jen was on the phone to her dad, (laughs) and she was like, "Oh no, you can't! I'm on the phone to my dad. You can't play that. Can't play that. Yeah, because you're on the phone to your dad." Right. 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 Wasn't too bad. No, (laughs) you okay over there? That's the question. That was pretty fun, wasn't it? It was a blast. I, yeah. I definitely want to get one of these for my sister. $80,000. Uh, well, you know. Here's the fun thing. We pulled out of my house, and we were at, we pulled out onto the, the street where you could do that. <laughs> She's like, why do you stop? See that thing with the flashing lights on in the corner? Yeah, I didn't want to go sailing past that gentleman there and get myself a ticket. Yeah. So we had to wait until we got it straight away. And then, and then Jen, we pull into Starbucks to get coffee, and Jen goes, tell them what you said about them on the radio last week. <laughs> and she said, oh, did you talk about us on the radio? Yes, we did. We said we should do burnouts through the Starbucks drive through And notice none of them said anything. No, they didn't. Well, they, really didn't you know, they said, yeah, you should. And I'm like, yeah, I'd like to be able to come and get my coffee at Starbucks yeah. and not do burnouts through your drive through Hey, uh, pack show, everybody. Um, the fastest I have ever been, we'll bring this up in a bit, the fastest I have ever been in a car was in a, a BMW Alpina B7 um, on the Autobahn in Germany. The fa- when I, no, that's not true. Let me rephrase that. The fastest I have ever been when I have been driving mm. was in a BMW B7 Alpina. Um, so there's this company called Alpina. They're not part of BMW, but what Alpina do is they take BMWs and they make them super specially delicious. Yes, they are very special. You may be familiar with the Bs, uh, with the M series from BMW. That's kind of their super sporty versions of their BMWs. But when you take the M series and you make it even more luxurious and even more high level performance, that's when you get the Alpina. And the Alpina are like stupid amazing. And we're going to have uh, somebody on to talk about a new Alpina. Which I am super excited for. Yes. They come in very specific trims, very specific colors, mm-hmm. and like, holy goodness, amazing heavenly drives. We talk about that. Uh, we're going to talk about the new Armada, uh, which I have, the Nissan Armada, which has got some delicious refreshments. Um, it's not, very comfortable. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's it got a new interior, got a new front and back. Um, and it's still the flagship for Nissan. 
We're also going to talk about the Atlas Sportcross. If you're familiar with the Atlas, so this is the biggest, it's it's called a midsize, but it's the biggest SUV that VW make. When I picked this up last night from the airport, the gentleman that gave me the keys to it at the parking lot where I picked it up, is that a VW? Yes, it is. Whoa, they look amazing. We're going to find out uh, what, I guess, bells and whistles they have and how they drive. We'll talk about that. Uh, We're also going to talk about probably the most luxurious and amazing experience I've had in a Rolls Royce. Um, We won't talk so much about Ben and Christine Sloss in this interview, but if you're familiar with Ben and Christine Sloss, Christine is an amazing race car driver in her own right. Ben, her husband, is the vice president of Google. And I'll say this, because I'm not going to repeat it so much in the interview, because it's just positioning, shall we say. Mm. I asked Ben a question. when I went there with Rolls-Royce to drop off his new bespoke Rolls-Royce. And I asked Ben a question, which is probably the most amazing question in my interviewing career that I've ever asked anybody. Nothing to do with cars. But I said to Ben, what keeps you up at night? And his answer was, if I make a mistake at work, somewhere north of two billion people, <laughs> basically are without Gmail. If he makes a mistake, <laughs> two billion people are without Gmail. Still the most amazing question I've ever uh, heard an answer to in my, in my career. I was expecting something like, yeah, I wonder if I put the wrong lug nuts on this car. He has an amazing collection of cars. He uh, has just an incredible taste but this is probably one of the hardest working men I've ever met in my life. And he doesn't just work hard. He plays hard. He's biking from, um, he's biking all the way from uh, San Francisco to Boston, I think, this year. He's also doing some incredible um, motorcycle rides. He likes to relax and enjoy the quiet and calm of his cars. He doesn't go crazy when he's on the racetrack. Your microphone's working. Okay. I can hear it. It's working. I can't hear myself in my headphones. Okay. He's on the racetrack (laughs) and he's uh, he just he's just an incredible guy. Christine is an incredible lady. She has her own emblem. She has a stiletto is her is her emblem. That's what you're saying. Uh, That's exciting. And uh, we'll find out all about their Rolls Royce. They mm-hmm. bespoke it. And they have a beautiful dog, Bailey. Gets hair everywhere, but he's beautiful. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about the Easter Jeep Safari. Uh, Jim Morrison, who is the VP of Jeep, going to join us to talk about that. Uh, Anton's going to be here to talk about some incredible uh, news from the autonomous electric car world. And Earth Day coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very annoyed at Earth Day. Because they ruined my birthday. My birthday is on Earth Day. Earth Day birthday. Okay, that should make your day a little more special, don't you think? Um, No, does it make Earth Day a little more special? Why didn't we have Earth Day on St. Patrick's Day? What? But it makes more sense. Green, Green Day, Earth Day. No. Yes. No. March 17th is St. Patrick's Day. It's all about green. Green is all about the earth. See where I'm going with this? Yeah. Yeah, it makes much more sense. Sure. Yeah, sure. Exactly. Why do they have to ruin my birthday and have Earth Day on? Now I have to celebrate with the whole world. I'm just saying 
could have chosen a better day. Now I have to share my birthday with other people, which is honestly it's a little bit annoying okay, to be honest. Okay, you're 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 gonna complain about that. Yeah. Think about all those people that were born on Christmas. And that's their own fault. They only get one present, probably. Oh, no. If you ever buy one present for somebody who's born on Christmas, that is highly annoying. Anyway, let's get back to the fact that uh, we're going to talk about green cars today. Yes. Um, I'm doing some segments for TV on green cars. There are so many amazing electric vehicles. I, I can't talk about this, but I can tease about this. Yes. Yesterday, I was in L.A. at a secret studio location in Hollywood to see a brand new electric vehicle which is going to be released on the 15th. And when you think, uh, so, you know, you talk about Tesla vehicles doing 350 miles on a single charge. This is going to kick you in the pants when you find out how far this vehicle can go on a single charge. Uh, your, your mouth is going to hit the floor when you find out. Yeah. And I can't even tell you what the car is because it, it's all embargoed until later in the month. Your mouth... Honestly, jawdrop.com. And even get this, it's going to be so incredible. And in 15 minutes, you can get a 150-mile charge on the car on a level 2 charger. I'm just, I am saying just shut up. Yeah, but can the average consumer afford this vehicle? Nope. So, <laughs> no, but this is how it works. The average consumer could not afford a Tesla when they first came out because they were $120,000. Uh -huh. But now you can get Teslas for a lot less. I mean, you know, $45,000. They're going down. All these vehicles that you start with highly expensive. Technology is what we... The average consumer couldn't afford a motor car when they first came out. I understand that. So it changes. It's changing in price. I still things, want Alexa. Or, uh, <laughs> Alexa? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Tesla. I know. <laughs> No, I mean, a lot of people wouldn't want a Tesla, but I'm saying technology filters down to the masses. I can't afford some things that I want. But, you know, you can get a Mark E for $36,000. Mm -hmm. It's possible. You can get some beautiful things uh -huh. now that we're out of our price range. You couldn't get a keyless fob for your car. It was only available on, like, $100,000 cars at the beginning. Now every car has a keyless fob. Except for mine. <laughs> yeah, well, you do have trucks in the 1930s. Oh, I think that was before keys. 80s? Okay, before <laughs> keys when you have to crank your truck with a yeah. crank. You, you probably like that better. That would be cool. Yeah. yeah. You'd get very tiring at the beginning, wouldn't it? That'd be great exercise. All right. So lots of on, lots on the show today. Coming up, we're going to talk about the uh, Alpina B8 Grand Coupe, which is one of the sexiest vehicles out there from uh, BMW's aftermarket family-friendly company. They have taken a B8 they have put lots of amazing stuff on it to make it one of the sexiest, fastest driving machines out there. And a really packed show. Horsepower, new design, lots of green vehicles. I mean, what, what more could you possibly want in the show? Plus, East Jeep Safari and Rolls Royces and technology hmm. and, and green vehicles and VWs and, uh, and also Nissan. What more could you want? Another show the following week. <laughs> yeah. Where do you get that? By the way, if you want to see some of our videos, we also have that 1,400 horsepower uh, Mark E that Von Getten did. Uh, Von Gitten did a whole bunch of drifting on that's now up on the website. We put that story up, uh, the video. Mike Cottell uh, explains to everybody how they put that together at Ford. There are actually uh, 
five different race car series went to building that. That video is up, plus all of our news stories at ourautoexpert.com. You can read great reviews and listen to multiple versions of this show. It's all there, ourautoexpert.com. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Catch up with previous episodes of the show at our website, ourautoexpert.com. You can hear all past shows, see automotive videos, and read insider car stories about your next ride. Our Auto Expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. You'll find it all at Our Auto Expert. Uh, Michael uh, Baxley is the U.S. Alpina product manager. Now, if you're not familiar with Alpina, we probably shouldn't make Michael explain this, but if you're not familiar with Alpina, uh, if you take uh, BMW's M and you sort of take it one step more and give it a special, 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 maybe a special, special, special treatment, you sort of go up to Alpina. Although Alpina isn't owned by BMW, they are the best friend that BMW ever had, and you take uh, these BMW cars uh, or SUVs and you give them an amazing exterior, interior, and uh, mechanical treatment, and you come up with some very beautiful, special machines that perform amazingly on road, off, uh, on road, on track, and uh, and also look amazing inside and out. And they have a very small little shop in Germany, which I am lucky enough to have visited. Um, and they are sought after products. Did I do a good job of explaining it, Michael? You did, you did, Nick. Okay. Um, hi, thanks, thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Yeah, it's it's an honor to have you. I know that the schedule's been a little bit all over the place getting you on, but we really wanted to talk about this. I have to tell you that the fastest I have ever driven a vehicle in my life happened to be a B7 on the Autobahn mm-hmm. in Germany. I went 303 kilometers an hour, which is 188 miles an hour. And so this is this is how it goes. I have video of this. It's not really good enough to post because it's a bit shaky. But the video is you can see a bridge on the autobahn, and you go one one thousand, two one thousand, three one, and you're at the bridge. That's how fast mm-hmm. it was. Uh, it's highly scary. Um, the funny thing is, my drive partner Stephen Ewing was sitting next to me, and he looked at me, and he looked over at the speedometer, and he went, uh, "Oh, <laughs> we're going three hundred three kilometers an hour." And I honestly didn't think I would ever drive that fast in my life, but it was amazing. So they are amazing machines. The B8, it, the B8 is the latest edition. Uh, it's the Grand Coupe. It's probably my favorite BMW car versus um, mm-hmm. SUV. And now the Alpina team have done something amazing to it. So tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. You you kind of hit it uh, right on the head uh, with with those comments. Um, both the B7 and the B8 can go over 200 miles an hour. Ooh. It is truly incredible. Um, just just how they've engineered the cars, and, and even when you're going that fast, it, yes, it's absolutely terrifying. But um, you feel somewhat safe in the car. It's it's very kind of a robust feeling. You don't you never feel a little bit out of control. Um, so it's it's pretty incredible from that perspective. Um, yeah, like you said, so, so the B8, um, it's it's produced in Germany, um, and we take basically, it comes off of the BMW production line as an 8-series, and then we ship it to Buchloa, which is the town that um, Alpina's factory is in, and, and they do basically all of the, the handwork and, and the finishing to the car to make it into an Alpina. Um, so, yeah, the car is, 
absolutely incredible. Um, and the company is absolutely incredible from that perspective. So I, I don't know if you know the entire history of the company, um, but, you know, they, they just kind of started out pretty, pretty small, just adding carburetors to cars, producing more output. And slowly but surely over time, they, they turned themselves into a, a, an automotive manufacturer. Um, and that's actually what they are. So they're, they're not just kind of some tuner adding things. They, they are an, an OEM. From that perspective, they have a great history in terms of racing and heritage. Um, and it's really allowed them to, to grow and produce these great cars. Um, in, like you mentioned, U.S., we have, we have three of these models. We have the B7, um, the all-new XB7, which was at, um, new as of model year 21. It went into production last August. And now the Alpina B8, which goes into production actually a couple of days ago. Um, so the cars haven't hit the U.S. yet. Um, we just had our, our start of communication. Um, actually, Alex, Alex Schmook and I um, filmed a little video down in Spartanburg um, and got a chance to drive the car which was incredible. Um, the car is, is really, really sharp. Um, yeah, and fr from there, when you look at the car, it, it takes what makes an 8 Series great, especially in terms of the design, and, and really only enhances it. So Alpina adds a front and rear spoiler. Um, they have exclusive 21-inch wheels, uh, which is actually a first for the 8 Series. Um, all the other 8 Series models only go up to 20-inch. Um, or Sorry, 21-inch. Yeah, and then from there, also, on, like you mentioned, on the inside of the car, they, they also have uh, a couple really nice um, pieces of equipment in there, uh, especially the steering wheel, yeah. um, which is kind of um, this exclusive material. Uh, it's very natural. It's called lavalina leather. Um, so, right. yeah, the, the, the tactile feel on the steering wheel is incredible. They, they also do this kind of uh, nice etching in uh, what we call our glass controls. So the yeah. object controller is actually made of crystal. Um, and you can see the, the Alpino emblem is etched um, in that crystal. Um, so really, like, every little piece throughout the car is, is touched by Alpina, and yeah. it, it's just it is what beautiful. they are able to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, I mean, it is beautiful. Before we run out of time, let me ask you a couple of quick questions. Are, are they yeah. all numbered? Are these, these vehicles numbered when they come from the factory? Uh, no, not not for the U.S. Um, so I, I think technically Alpina probably keeps track somewhere, but um, no, we don't have a specific number. And um, and how much money am I going to have to fork over if I want one of these beautiful machines? <laughs> yes, uh, it's it's certainly expensive. So the, the base price of the V8 is one hundred thirty nine thousand nine hundred before destination and handling. All right, and so can, can I option it? Can I put anything extra on it, or do I have to do that when I've received it? Uh, no, you, you can put a couple things. I, I mean, we made it so the cars are fully loaded. Uh, you, it comes with a really big standard profile. You don't have to add much, but you can obviously change some of the wheels, the, the trims. Um, we offer a carbon fiber roof, uh, which is an option that you can put on there. A couple of little things, but um, really, you, you don't have to do much. I'll, I'll try and start cutting down on my coffee and put some of the extra change in a jar. Maybe I can save up. <laughs> you might be able to afford the emblem. <laughs> I have an Alpina book at home, which is a, a treasured coffee table uh, accessory in my house. It's amazing. Michael, listen, thank you for spending some of your uh, weekend with us. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, they are definitely a treasured mm -hmm. item, and I look forward to being able to drive the uh, the B8 uh, Grand Coupe. It's it's a definitely something that is uh, on my list of things I'll buy with the lottery items when it comes up. But uh, everyone should go look at them on the web because they are absolutely outstanding. Stand by. More Our Auto Expert on the way. 
You're listening to the Our Auto Expert Podcast. All right, this is our Auto Expert Radio Show. Our Auto Experts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can start a conversation with us, ask us a car question, or just direct messages at Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Experts, where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. Sitting in uh, my parking space right now is a Nissan Armada. It's got a delicious refresh for uh, 2022, a new generation SUV. I'm excited because, um, aren't you excited too, Jen? What do you mean? I drove it. It's nice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you moved it from parking space That's to parking right. space. I drove That's it. all you needed? Yeah. All right. Just saying. You know, I am so in love with the 360 camera. Um, yeah, because <sighs> it's harder for you to park bigger vehicles. Yeah. Would you wish you had a 360 camera in your truck? Yes. Because how many times have you hit stuff in your truck? Zero. Really? Yeah. You're an amazing driver. Is that what I'm just hearing? No. I've curbed it a couple times. <laughs> clearly need a Nissan Armada. Yeah. Michael Benson is senior planner for Nissan, joining us to talk about the uh, the new Nissan Armada. So I got to uh, see it down at the NDA, Nissan Design America, when I was there recently. Uh, this is the flagship. Would you call it the flagship of your SUV line or just the flagship of, uh, of the Nissan line, Michael? It's the flagship, really, of the Nissan line, um, and uh, like you said, newly re- redesigned and refreshed, and uh, we got a lot of new content on this vehicle, so whenever you're ready, I'd be more than happy to run you through it all and yeah, the breakdown of it. So it gets a, so the new front, when we always sort of get these refreshed vehicles, and when it gets a new front... This this is the first time the new Nissan badge has appeared. Is that right? That's correct. So how did so it, it change? How did it I'm change? Sorry, go ahead. How did the badge change? What are we seeing differently? Well, the old one was like kind of silver, and it had like the rounded um, edges, and it said, you know, it had the like the Nissan in the middle. It still has the, the Nissan there, but it has like a different design on the top, and it's uh, more more modern looking, in my opinion than the old Nissan badge. At least you didn't and we, change you didn't change the logo so much that we don't recognize it anymore like some other car companies. Correct. <laughs> That's exactly what we were going for. We didn't want to, you know, lose our customers. We just wanted to refresh that badge and give it a new modern look. And you still know it's a Nissan though. Yeah, I was gonna say I I had to be told the badge had changed because I felt I felt it was refresher, but I didn't realize it had changed enough. So you gave me a fresh feeling, but you didn't, you know, I didn't recognize it as different, which was probably what you were going for. Correct. And then the front has changed. Um, I can definitely tell there's a new front to the to the Amada because it looks very different and very modern. The headlights are the biggest uh, thing I noticed immediately. Correct. Those are our signature uh, LED headlamps. We put them on the tail lamps as well, but the idea on the front refresh was that we wanted to give the vehicle a lot more of an aggressive-looking stance from the front. Um, kind of was more bubbly before, but now it's got more chiseled lines. It's got a more aggressive stance, and that was the idea of refreshing the front end of the vehicle. And we took the honeycomb grade uh, grill out and put in like a slatted grill, and I think that helps add to that aggressive stance look. So. We, we did do, you know, go out to make the vehicle look different. Even in stationary pictures, you now have this sort of motion-looking 
uh, grill. So and and lights, they almost look like they're being swept backwards. So the vehicle, even when it's standing still, has this sort of motion look to it. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think that was clever because everything's sweeping back from the front of the grill, but it's still, as you said, has that chiseled look. So it looks like, you know, not like a dead fish, which I can accuse many automakers of making their vehicles look like they're so bubbly and, and so rounded. But it, it, it looks like it's breaking its way through ice rather than dripping ice, which I always have a problem with with a lot of manufacturers when they make their vehicles look so rounded up front. Um, and I love that as well with the front end. And, and the back end has changed as well. You gave it a new back end. Uh, there's a few uh, minor designs in the back where we chiseled it and kind of changed the control lines a little bit. But the main thing back there was we put those LED tail lamps in the back, too. Um, most of the refresh on the body was to the front end. Right. Um, so that was where most of the redesign on the, on the, on the outside of the vehicle is, is on the front. And then, boom, on the inside, um, a lot of changes. Yeah. That, that's where the bulk is. Right. So tell us about how you, uh, how you updated the inside. Okay, so basically on the inside, we updated the entire center stack and put um, a 12.3-inch monitor, the infotainment monitor there, and that's the largest screen, standard screen in class. And we changed the tachometer and the speedometer and gave them a bigger gauge so it's easier to read. We put our driver information system in the middle that was old and antiquated in the last uh, model year, and now it's updated to the new Nissan driver information system. Uh, We put wireless Apple CarPlay, wired Android Auto. If you get the SV model or up, you get wireless charging in the center stack. There's a slot where you can lay your iPhone in there um, and charge that way. And then, of course, most of the stuff that we put in, it was all mostly safety and tech features. So I kind of covered the tech features there. We obviously added Safety Shield 360 standard now on the vehicle. So you get the high beam assist, the automatic emergency braking with pedestrian detection, lane departure warning, blind spot warning, rear emergency braking, rear cross traffic alert. And then on top of that, we put in intelligent forward collision warning, intelligent lane intervention, and intelligent blind spot intervention, as well as driving driver attention alert. So we added a bevy of safety um, features to this vehicle standard um, and really beefed up the safety and tech in this car. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot. When I start reading down some of the stuff that you actually did, you didn't mess around with what you were doing, especially tech-wise, safety-wise. Um, I think that was probably one of the most amazing things that uh, that you did with this vehicle. And then I like the fact that you did a lot of stuff uh, around the uh, Apple CarPlay wireless, you did Wi-Fi standard, you did a lot of things that were standard in the vehicle. So there was no quibbling about adding on packages to get stuff. You just said, here you go. I mean, I'm going to give you a lot of standard features, including, you know, the things like uh, wireless Apple CarPlay, standard in-vehicle Wi-Fi, available wireless smartphone charging, those things which everyone's going to ask for in a modern vehicle. Correct. That was our goal. And like you mentioned to the packages, we still have some packaging on this car, but the reality of the situation is you don't have to go to the packages to get the safety and the tech features. They're all in the car standard. 
Um, you know, you can get the SV appearance package, for instance, and put 20-inch wheels on the vehicle, but it's all cosmetic. The SL has the Midnight Edition package, which gives you black, uh, you know, uh, mold moldings, you know, different logos, the Armadas in black you know, on the back of the car. It looks pretty sharp and comes in like black, white, or gun metallic and, you know, has all those, you know, black applications of the badges. And then, you know, really, other than that, we just, the only other thing you'd want to do if you wanted to change it is go from eight passengers with your bench seat in the second row to seven passengers with captain's chairs right. if you wanted to go that route. And I, by the way, for There's those, not a lot in the package. yeah, by the way, for those people who are thinking that they were going to go buy a vehicle and then go add midnight stuff afterwards, I did a little calculation, back of the envelope stuff. If you're going to go buy a new vehicle and you want to black it out afterwards, the cost of doing that for you is twenty five to forty five hundred dollars. If you're going to go to a paint shop and ask them to black out wheels, uh, to do sort of black windows, all the things that come, depending on what you do, it's about twenty five to forty five. Where, uh, as you just said, when it comes with the vehicle, you should probably do it at the manufacturer level because it's a lot cheaper as well. And then class exclusive stuff that you offer on this as well, uh, things like trailer brake control. Um, you know, intelligent forward collision warning is standard, intelligent backup, um, you know, available intervention, intelligent around view monitor available, traffic sign recognition available. There, there's just a lot of stuff that's class exclusive. Yes. And, you know, we have best in class horsepower in this vehicle, best in class standard towing capacity at 8,500 pounds. And we should this probably, we should probably it. mention, Michael, that I don't know this and you probably don't know this. But this might be the last, one of the last bastions of V8s available. Because the way the world is going, uh, we may not see V8s that much longer in the world. So then we may see V6 hybrids or something in the future. Yeah, it, I mean, all, all the, the there are the V8s out there, but this one is like like you said, the last one. It's like it's standard and it's a big V8 has a lot of power in it, and so we'll see how it goes in the future. Um, obviously, you know, with the policies and whatnot we we might have to change it but but right now we, we plan to stick with the v8 and give you the power i don't mind having a, a hybrid or a plug-in hybrid or a hybrid electric plug-in but i need my horsepower it has to have my yes. at least 400 maybe five six eight i don't <laughs> care but it still needs to have the horsepower so however we get there i'll be i'll be quite happy all right let's talk price and availability where are we with those the price and availability. Yes. Um, so the vehicle's available. It's in the market right now. You Great. can find it. Great. Um, and just depending on where you want to start at, as far as pricing, the SV is the lowest trim available right now. Yeah. And that one starts uh, at about fifty-two-six for All the right. two-wheel drive. Your four-wheel drives are about three thousand dollars more in every situation. Okay. And then it just basically builds from there um, and then goes up. So uh, I think at the top end, uh, you know, you're, you're looking at probably about 66, 67. And that's pretty that's good. If, yeah, if you match that against any other full-size SUV, that's a pretty good price, starting at 52, going to 66. That's a, a pretty amazing yeah. price. Hey, Michael, listen, thanks for uh, uh, spending some of your uh, weekend with us. Michael Benson from uh, Nissan. He's a senior planner, more our auto expert. You're listening to Our Auto Expert.
Over 12,000 people have downloaded our Auto Expert podcast and many more streamers. Join the happy listeners by iHeartRadio, Pandora app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, ourautoexpert.com. Hours of endless fun await you. I'm Nick Miles, and this is our Auto Expert radio show. Two million Americans get their automotive news daily from our Auto Expert. Uh, arrived back in Portland last night, Oregon, to uh, my house there and went to the uh, parking lot to pick up a ride and uh, picked up a VW Atlas Cross Sport, which is the two-row version. The gentleman at the uh, parking lot gave me the keys and turned around and looked at the vehicle and said, is that a VW? And I said, why, yes, it is, sir. He was highly surprised at the chiseled look and the sporty presence of the vehicle. And joining us to talk about how chiseled they made the look is Mark Gillies from VW. Uh, Mark, clearly getting a lot of uh, impressed looks at the new Crossport. And for 2021, it gets uh, some welcome new infotainment and driver assistance features. It does, Nick. Yeah, how are you doing? Good. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing you this week as well in uh, in Phoenix. Um, I won't be there actually because I'm going to be I'm in England at the moment attending to a family matter. But uh, oh, well, that's disappointing. Uh, oh, your un- your uncle. Good, you'll be a very good hand. Yeah. <laughs> your uncle Philip passed away. I hear. Uh, not my uncle Philip. <laughs> my mum actually. But, oh no, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, so <laughs> let's talk about the uh, let's talk about the crossboard. So it, it's a. It's a, for thirty thousand dollars. It's a, a highly respectable uh, vehicle. Yeah, I mean it's a big car, obviously, and obviously it's a, the two-row version of the, the Atlas, which is a three-row um, crossover, mid-size crossover. Um, comes with a two-liter turbo engine or a, a three-point-six V6, and as you say, this year it's got a lot of upgrades, mainly based around the what we call the MIB three infotainment system. Um, so we've got some nice features like uh, wireless App Connect, so that that's either Android Auto or Apple CarPlay. Um, and, you know, it, you've got wireless charging as well. Um, and there's some really nice features as well, like now you can actually play um, the, the Apple or Android navigation systems through the um, center, uh, what we call Volkswagen Digital Cockpit. So... In the past, you could only use the car's Navi, but now you can use uh, Google Maps or ways to actually get your way from point A to point B. So that's a really nice feature on the car this year. Um, and, you know, I've been told by some people that we're one of the first to do that or to have that capability. So that's, that's a nice feature for sure. Um, uh, and obviously, you know, as you know, the car's huge inside. And uh, it's got, you know, I'm starting to see them on the roads in Virginia, and it's certainly got a lot of presence with that, you know, very fast back shape. I think one of the things that has been most welcome about it is the people tend not to think SUVs can look terribly sexy and designers have proved them very wrong because they've given those sort of coupe back ends to SUVs or more of a coupe back end to SUVs and more chiseled hips and and shoulders and they they made them look so sporty now I guess with managing to materials sort of get so advanced uh, every year that you get a better way to package vehicles on the inside and they find technology improves so much that you can get sound dampening without just putting loads of padding in and those type of things. Uh, you, you manage to find you can utilize smaller spaces and, and find to get more room out of them. 
And as technology improves, you can just improve vehicles so much that you can do so much more with the styling space. And that's clearly what you did when you uh, came up with the Crossport. Yeah, no, it's, it's a it's a it's a good looking vehicle. I mean, there's obviously there's some interchangeability with with the with the actual Atlas. I mean, the front end is very similar, but obviously the silhouette's very different with with a much sportier uh, stance. I think, which is a really good thing. And then I think the other thing I didn't mention when we were talking about infotainment, we've got some new um, drive assist features. So we have a, a travel assistant, um, which allows you to um, basically observe tasks while using minimum force on the wheel. Um, basically, it makes sure you keep your hands on the wheel, but it does do some pretty automated tasks. And we have emergency assist, which basically checks whether you're um, still, at, still actually um, able to drive the car. So if it detects for a long period of time that you're not putting any inputs in, um, it basically uh, gives you visual, audible, and, and brake jolts to occur. I mean, the idea behind that is if somebody's having a, a medical emergency or something. Yeah. Um, so that it will slow the vehicle down. Um, so that's two two features we've got in there next year, and it's got it's got a whole raft of you know all of these driver assist features that we we now put under um, a, a, a sort of name called IQ Drive, which kind of indicates the level two ready features that the vehicles now have. Um, you know they won't quite drive themselves, but right. you know, there is a lot of automation in there now. We're just getting ready for that uh, drive themselves feature because we're getting so close uh, now. I, I remember when we launched this, or when you launched this vehicle, and we went to the uh, to the launch uh, up in Canada. One of the things I was most surprised at is the predictive sales numbers. Although probably COVID's put a little bit of a an iron in the fire on that one, or put a little bit of a wrench into the into the works of that one. Um, is this turned out to be as popular the two row version as as you expected it to be? We, last month, I mean, we, we're giving quarterly sales figures now, um, but last month we had a mega month for the Atlas and, and the Crossport. And, you know, I think what's happened with the Atlas is it's now been in the, in the market for over three years. So people are seeing them on the road and they get familiar with them. And the Atlas has now been on, on sale for a year now. And again, people are getting more familiar with them. And I think when you get the familiarity, you get that sort of rolling stone effect where people go, hey, that's cool. Uh, but if you don't have many on the road, people will never see them, if you see what I'm saying. So, yeah. um, you know, last month we did really, really well with, with Atlas and with Crossport. Um, you know, I, I can't actually say what the numbers are, but they were right. they were very good. And, you know, we were, we were always predicting we'd sell probably two-to-one two Atlas to cross-sport, right. um, and that seems to be the case, but, but you know, very pleased with the way it's going. And the big, the big story here is American production, too. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's built in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Um, we, I was just down there literally two weeks ago um, looking at our new expansion there, which is 800 million, about 1,000 new jobs for when we start building the ID4 electric vehicle there. Right. And, you know, pretty impressive it's 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 interesting when you go to a factory that's sort of just starting up or a part of a factory that's starting up and you see what uh, a lot of money looks like it's, there's a lot of robots there's a battery uh, building facility and you know obviously a new uh, line for the vehicle so it, it's very impressive down there now it's a, it's a pretty pretty impressive facility all right tell us the starting price of the crossport uh, Crossport starts at thirty eight five five before destination, um, and that's with a two litre um, uh, four cylinder model. Um, so uh, obviously it goes up to um, 
late some, 40s when you're yeah. absolutely fully equipped with all-wheel drive and SL premium. Um, but, you know, we think, you know, sweet, sweet spot for all these cars are kind of around the, the SE with tech, uh, which is high 30s, which I think is where a lot of these mid-sized SUVs are transacting these days. Absolutely perfect. Mark Gillies, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Condolences uh, on your trip to England. I'm sorry that you had to do that, but it's always great to have you on the show. Stand by. There is more Our Auto Experts on the way. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert podcast. Locally created, nationally celebrated from the northwest to the southeast, this is the world's car radio show. If it has a throttle, we'll feature it on air, online, on smartphone, and on smart speaker. This is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. I'm your host, Nick Miles, along with truck girl Jen, who spent most of the show either shopping for houses in Sharon, uh, Pennsylvania, or building her <laughs> Rolls-Royce Cullinan. No, it wasn't a Cullinan, it was the Dawn. Oh, you were building I'm, the Dawn? I'm in love with the Dawn. Are you? Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah, how much? How are you going to pay for the dawn? Do they make thirty-year loans? <laughs> I'm sure you have to go talk to your bank. Thirty-year. Well, it's as much as a house, so yeah, I'd have to go there. Dear, who do you bank with? I'm not going to say that on the air. Right, dear Sorry. bank. Yeah. Please extend me a thirty-year loan so I can go go buy my Rolls Royce Dawn. Yes. Did you? How did you? Well, let's first of all, before we get into that, joining us is Elizabeth Williams from Rolls Royce. Hi, Elizabeth. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing, Nick and Jen? Do you know? Good. Do you know you have Jen hooked, right? <laughs> she's most of the show. She's been bespoking her Rolls Royce Dawn. Wonderful. <laughs> I can't tell, wait to see it. Tell uh, Tell Elizabeth uh, what you chose for your Dawn. Uh, Galileo blue. Okay. With black leather, and the pipe, the same blue trim, like piping and. Anyways, it doesn't really matter. You can tell, it, you can tell that, Je, uh, that Jen lives in a cold climate because I can't imagine having a black interior in the sun. Oh. <laughs> it's beautiful. Well, and, and then it got cooling and heating seats and massage seats. and Of course, yeah. Right? So you'll be so. Com- perfectly comfortable yeah. in your lawn, even in the colder weather. See, exactly. Two-inch lamb's wool carpet mm-hmm. as standard. Yes, of course. <laughs> did you have a black spirit of ecstasy mill, yes, I did. milled out of a single piece of carbon? Yes, I did. I picked right. that too. And any other features? Oh, there's lots of features. Are you kidding me? You no, could sit here all day. Bespoke features. The, Tell, the sky's the limit for you. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Now you just have to pay for it. That's the problem. <laughs> oh. How's your financing department, Elizabeth? <laughs> I'm sure they'd be happy to try to work with you. There you go. You sure they would? (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah, like you make so much more than me. No, I'm just saying. (laughs) But I'm not shopping for a Cullinan. Well, not not the Dawn. Oh, the Dawn. Sorry. No, I'm shopping for a Cullinan. Okay. Well, yours is more expensive. Uh, Recently, Elizabeth (laughs) invited me down to uh, Northern California to uh, observe observe as Rolls Royce (laughs) delivered. Um, a bespoke Cullinan to Ben and Christine Sloss. That's amazing. Um, and they are great purveyors of cars. They don't like to call themselves collectors because they're not car collectors. Um, what is Ben and Christine, what do they call themselves, Elizabeth? They, they, they prefer car enthusiasts. They, yes. they love to be in each and every car that they own yes. and drive them and take them out on vacations or tracks or just drive them to the office every day. Because car collectors, I think they, when you say car collectors to both of them, they presume they're somebody that 
is a musty, dusty person who has a big, <laughs> a big garage and they collect dust and blah, 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 blah. They don't like that kind of image, do they? Uh, no, no. They, they love to have, you know, they love to enjoy them, and I, which is wonderful to see, as, as they should be enjoyed. Yes, and I think that's great. That's a good idea. Um, they don't, I, I think Ben uh, said it the best when we were chatting casually in their front yard. He said uh, they drive, when they don't drive vehicles, they get rid of them. That's the idea, mm-hmm. right? And so, exactly. yeah, well, they sell them. If you don't drive them, what's the point of owning them? which is, I think, a very adult way of putting things. I'm more of a child. I want all the toys. Even if I don't play with them, I just want to own them. The fuller the toy box, the more powerful I feel I am. Do they have a couple collectors, though, like a couple pieces? They don't do that. They don't They don't. If if it doesn't get driven, they don't want it. Okay. Correct. Yeah. And, you know, which is is great, you know, especially with something like the, the Cullinan, which is really now made to be that daily driver and being able to take it anywhere and, you know, have it for both the special occasions and for just, you know, a Thursday afternoon drive. Now I think about it, Elizabeth, they are probably the most grown up people I've ever met in my life. Aren't they? Yes, they are. <laughs> There's so many people that own that, that are, are wealthy, that are so immature, that they are the most grown up people I've met in my life. Why have toys if you don't play with them? That's right. Yeah. And and plus something else that strikes me as being very grown up, which both Ben and Christine are, is (laughs) that they get out on the road with these vehicles that have, you know, well over 500 horsepower and they don't speed. They don't race. (laughs) They they both say that. And Christine is such an amazing race car driver in her own right. I've never ridden with either of them, by the way, but I hear that they are such amazing race car drivers, both of them in their in their own right, and cyclists and motorcycle mm-hmm. riders, that but they don't speed because the time that they spend on the road is the time to chillax. They uh, mm-hmm. they listen to music, they they relax, they shut the world away, and they just have a good time going places. If it's to Yellowstone in their new Cullinan, or if it's <clears throat> you know cycling, it's just a time to to do it and not to shut the world away and to be in their own heads, which I think is. Yeah. That's probably more adult than I've ever heard anybody be, by the way. <laughs> you know. Yes, it, you know, it, it is rare, but, you know, it's the perfect opportunity really to, you know, have that decompression moment, you know, with, with Rolls Royce being so quiet. Um, you know, they, you know, they own both a Cullinan as well as a few Dons, and mm-hmm. they love both of them for different reasons. And obviously the, the great thing is, is you can kind of have different flavors, you know, depending on your mood and, and what you're looking for. And then, see, if this is turning into how mature they are, they didn't, you know, they don't demand that the vehicle, they have a color theme for all of their vehicles. Mm-hmm. So everything mm-hmm. is blue and yellow. Um, yes. And the story behind that, and do you mind if I tell this, Elizabeth? Sure. So, so the, the story behind this is very, very adult. They, when they were um, first together, I believe, the, in 2012, they wanted to do something for uh, charity. And it was shortly after the earthquake had happened in Italy, in Modena. And so they were bidding to try and help out the earthquake in Italy on a Ferrari, which was for sale from the Ferrari factory. Mm-hmm. And they bid on the car trying to to help the earthquake victims. Right. And so they bid on this Ferrari, and astonishingly enough, they won it. 
Um, and they, oh, their cars were actually in yellow. So they owned cars in yellow between them. And so they decided to, uh, to order a yellow one because they won it, surprisingly. They won it. Mm -hmm. And the head of Ferrari came back and said, why don't you, you know, traditionally when we build a yellow one, we build it yellow and black with black accents. Mm -hmm. But uh, since the flag of Moderna is yellow and blue, do you mind if we do it in yellow and blue to support the people of Moderna? Mm -hmm. And they said, we would love to do that. Oh, that's cool. And ever since then, all of their vehicles have been yellow and blue in reverence to that very event. But yeah. in pure impure maturity uh -huh. that they have they don't demand a specific yellow and blue oh that's cool they ask for the company's opinion on the best yellows and blues that go together so the yellow and blue of their cullinan was the yellow and blue chosen by rolls royce and presented to them as what they felt the best yellow and blue together so and Elizabeth Royce has so many different colors right. too to pick from. Um, so Elizabeth, mainly a, a very deep blue that uh, Rolls Royce presented to them, which they agreed to. But what are the colors, Elizabeth? Correct. So, um, and the interesting thing is, they actually have two yellow and blue vehicles from us, and they're done very differently. Yeah. Um, the Dawn, which is much more uh, has much more features of yellow, and you know, very bright and vibrant. And really, um, they decided with the Cullinan, they loved the dark look of a black batch Cullinan. And with trying to keep it with the blue and yellow theme, they ended up painting the, the vehicle primarily in what's called, what they call Pike Peak Blue, which is a color that was developed with our bespoke department for them. And, um, you know, Ben and Christine signed off on it, which is absolutely beautiful. It's, it's, it's very, very dark, almost, you know, in certain lights could look black. Um, and then has a very small, vivid flashes of forge yellow uh, throughout the vehicle, um, much more heavily inside, but ju just with that simple coach line on the outside, as well as the brake calipers to really just um, really still play with that darker, edgier side of the Black Badge Cullinan uh, compared to uh, other vehicles. Yeah, it's it's an amazing car. It has uh, Christine's stiletto uh, race car symbol or That's their awesome. stiletto race car symbol yes. on the inside of the doors. It has an amazing piping on the interior. It has uh, some gorgeous um, features throughout the vehicle. And it even yeah, has, the hand stitching. Yes, hand stitching. It even has uh, uh, that beautiful... Um, Carpet on the inside, the lambs will. Did she pick any of the stars on the ceiling or anything like that? Did she do I that? Don't, I don't remember the ceiling. What does it have on the ceiling, Elizabeth? It does have the starlight headliner, oh, but yeah. it is, uh, yes, yeah. So it has the shooting star starlight headliner in there. That, that is, is so amazing. Amazing. Uh, yes. I'm sure we'll, uh, before we run out of time, I'm sure we'll never know how much it costs, will we? <laughs> no, uh, we, we, don't, uh, we don't have that information, but, you know, for most of our clients, it's really all about making sure that it's actually to perfect. their exact specifications. Right. And perfect, yes. If you want to see the car, you can uh, you can go to our website, ourautoexpert.com. We have the video up there of, uh, of the day that the car was delivered, thanks to Rolls-Royce. And if you'd like to bespoke out your vehicle anywhere from... I'm sure the uh, the low 300,000s and up, depending on what the uh, the Rolls-Royce is. The team at Goodwood, at the home of Rolls-Royce in England, Elizabeth, Jerry from Rolls-Royce, uh, would be more than happy to assist you in walking you through the processes. You could even have your monogram 
on the inside of the oh, door. Yeah. I mean, they'd host you at Goodwood if you were if you were happy to go to England when COVID is not uh, a, pain, a pain in our nostrils. You could go over there and bespoke your own vehicle. Elizabeth, thank you for uh, spending thank some you. time with us. Uh, more coming up on Our Auto Expert, but not quite as bespoke as that vehicle. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Catch up with previous episodes of the show, our website, ourautoexpert.com. You can hear all past uh, shows. You can read automotive stories and see insider videos all about your next ride, Our Auto Experts, where two million Americans get their automotive news daily. You'll find it all at ourautoexpert.com. Uh, Easter Jeep Safari is really the beginning of spring. It happens every single year, and uh, Jeep take out their latest concepts and the suggestion of new vehicles that may be on their way from Jeep. Joining us is the head of Jeep, Jim Morrison, on the phone. Jim, uh, happy spring. I guess it's officially begun since uh, Easter Jeep Safari has happened, right? Nick, that is so true. It is the official, you know, start to spring. I mean, at, at Jeep, we uh, we love winter too because we get to show off a little bit of our capability in the snow. But I have to tell you, there's nothing like uh, getting together with another fifteen or twenty thousand of your favorite uh, Jeep enthusiasts out of Moab and and uh, and wheeling through the rocks and and uh, and having a little bit of fun. Um, you know, with uh, with Jeeps. Now, we will talk about this next week when you join us, but I want to play you a, clip, a quick <laughs> seven-second clip. This is the way, uh, this is what happened on the way into the studio uh, today. All right, Bye. You may recognize that sound. That was one oh, of your... Oh, that is a 392. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about that next week. However, uh, let's get on to Easter Jeep Safari uh, vehicles. Um, I did notice, first of all, there's three of these I really want to own. At least three of these I, I really want to own. only three? Yeah, well, definitely three I want to own. I did notice everything this year was based on the Wrangler. Yeah, well, we did have one with a Gladiator, too. We had... Um... The uh, the red bear was uh, was based on an eco diesel gladiator. So oh yeah, okay. Uh, it was it was a uh, you know one of those two. But yeah, next year um, we, it was all about uh, you know different uh, powertrains and and uh, Magneto I think was a star of the show with the electric, but we also had the eco diesel as well. I I want the Magneto by the way. I think that that to me is really exciting. Um, Electric is, of course, where everybody's eyes are turning right now. Uh, we love the Jeep capability, and 4xe is obviously the next, the beginning of the next generation. Really excited to drive that in Austin coming up. But uh, Magneto is probably the next chapter of the story waiting to unveil. But also the far-out concept, I mean, that looks exciting. Where can we take our adventures and stay overnight? That looks fun. Mm. Yeah, it, yeah, it's amazing. And, you know, that's the best thing about uh, our concepts is, you know, we get to uh, we get to dream a little bit, you know, as we're putting these things together, and and most importantly, then we get to uh, go out and actually, you know, wheel these things in the real world, and and uh, and have our customers weigh in and tell us what they think about them. And you know, there's been a lot of um, you know uh, Easter Jeep Safari concepts that have made it into production in the past, and and uh, I'm sure this year's you know concepts will be. Uh, would be no different when we look down the road and look back at uh, you know, what we pulled off this year at, uh, at Easter Jeep. 
I think if we'd paid attention, paid more attention, we should have known the Gladiator was coming maybe five or six years before it actually arrived because a lot of the Issa Jeep Safari vehicles that Mark Allen had been working on, even if they were older Jeeps, were trucks. And every year he'd been producing some kind of truck or other. And uh, before Gladiator was even announced, uh, we had sort of seen these trucks showing up constantly from old trucks to new ideas. And then, hey, presto, there's the Gladiator eventually. So Easter Jeep Safari is definitely a suggestion of what Jeep might be doing in the future. So pay attention, people. If you want to, you don't have to go ask Jim Morrison or Mark <laughs> Allen what's coming. Just go look at Easter Jeep Safari. There's your clues right there. Um, you, you, and that means if you go ask Jim or Mark Allen, and they're going to say no comment, but just go look at Easter Jeep Safari. All the secrets are revealed in that. It is. The Jeep, uh, the beach concept uh, definitely looks like it should be something in Southern California. Uh -huh. Oh, it, it fits right in, you know, with, uh, with Southern California. I think, uh, you know, it was, it, it just glowed, you know, in the red rocks. And, uh, and it was uh, really, really a neat uh, uh, vehicle. I mean, in the 1960s, you know, that Commando, you know, I mean, if you think about it, that uh, was the luxury Jeep, you know, of its day built off of, you know, the CJ routes, but it actually had, you know, doors and these crazy thing called uh, windows that you had air conditioning, you know, and, uh, and a radio. So, right. you know, it was really uh, pushing the limits, you know, back in uh, 1968. So it's great to, uh, to throw that in. We had a lot of fun with uh, that tuned uh, two-liter um, and uh, we had a lot of uh, lot of eyes on. Uh, I on bet you did. Sure. No, I bet you did. I almost, and I almost thought your top dog concept was my animal rescue rig ready to go. Um, well, <laughs> you know, it is. It's pretty close. You know, we take the bikes out, throw the uh, uh, you know a dog kennel in the back, and uh, and we're ready. Um, and we'll be all set. <laughs> right. Yeah. Which was your favorite, Jim? You know, I, I, it's got to be. Um, it started out uh, kind of a two-part story. It started out um, with the uh, with the red bear because you know the uh, the thirty sevens or ninety to ninety-one to one crawl ratio with yeah. uh, with red bear just gobs the torque. It was a lot of fun to wheel. Yeah. Uh, but I fell in love with Magneto because uh, yeah. it's it's uh, it's race. You know, it's it's basically a four by e. Um, you know, kind of taken to the next uh, level, level with yeah. all battery electric, and and uh, I've really uh, come to like the four by e and how it drives. Uh, I've got one sitting in my driveway with thirty fives and right. and a uh, and a and a winch, and can't wait to wheel that tomorrow even some more. But the um, the, the the Magneto was just amazing. It was a pure Jeep first. I mean, it was very capable. Right. You know, put the power to the ground instantly, and uh, does so like the four by e. Whisper quiet when it's uh, when it's an all. Uh, uh, electric mode, but of course this is a, a total bev, so yeah. it was uh, taken to the next extreme for electric I, and Jeep. I'm so excited about 4B, and I, I'm so excited about what might come out of the Magneto. Uh, last question before we run up against the news. You've got a busy year, lots more vehicles on their way. Uh, I think an, another five announcements at least to come this year. Yes, you know, we're uh, right around the corner, and we'll be talking about uh, 4BE, and then uh, you know, I think in a couple of weeks with you in Texas, uh, and then we've got uh, the new Grand Cherokee in three-row form. Then we've got a uh, new Grand Wagoneer and Wagoneer. And then behind that, we've got a new uh, two-row uh, Grand Cherokee and, uh, and our electric Grand Cherokee that we're bringing to market. So 
it's uh, no rest for the wicked here, Jeep. Well, good luck, and I think uh, you have crowning glory. There is a lot of great vehicles uh, out there, but you uh, definitely have a lot more on the way. Jim Morrison, the head of Jeep, thank you so much. More Our Auto Expert on the way, too. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert Podcast. This is our Auto Expert Radio Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can start a conversation with us, ask us a car question, just direct messages at our Auto Expert, where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. Uh, electric cars, all the rage right now. Uh, a lot of people coming out with their electric cars. In fact, there's going to be 100 electric cars on sale in the next 12 months. I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, there is going to be so many different brands. I'm still waiting. If you ask me to design my perfect electric vehicle, if you ask me to design it, um, I would say it would have a Hemi V8 power out of an electric vehicle, but also have a gas engine on board so it could be charged. Uh, it could charge that electric just in case you know we ran out of power or there was no electricity available. That would be, I mean, I think that would be my perfect vehicle. I mean, I would, that would be my perfect one. So it would have an electric, it would run on totally electric, but just in case we had no electricity, I would have gas as well. A or maybe V8? diesel. Well, it would have the or, power or of V8. are you talking like a 1.2? No, no, or... it would have a generator on board that could charge the electricity just in case oh. we ran out. Well, that's, you know, that sounds like a Jeep thing. You might as well get with the gym. Yeah, but it only, no, it, wait, it has to have a generator that would charge electricity. If, I, you know, if the lights went out everywhere, that would be my perfect idea of a vehicle. Well, they have concepts it was kind of much, all the time. It would be much like the Volt was, which had a gas generator on board that could charge the electric motor. It would be much like that. Hmm. That'd be exciting. Yeah, you sound like you're excited <laughs> about it. <laughs> Just imagine the power of a Hemi V8. So, I mean, I look at some of these vehicles that are coming out, mm -hmm. and they have ridiculous horsepower. What's wrong with that? No, but some of these electric vehicles have ridiculous horsepower. Yeah, and I said, what's wrong with like that? Like 110 horsepower. Well, yeah. Yeah, but that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, you go to zero to 60 in these, sometimes you can't even control the car. I mean, I almost lose control of the car because it's so powerful in an electric car. I just, I like, I like to, it's like everybody in America I like to know I have the available horsepower, but I just very rarely use it. Just like to know it's there. Yep. I'm so glad for you. <laughs> well, you like, wait a second, Miss Big V8 gasoline Exactly. Engine. I use it. I just, I'm glad it's there. You I use, use it? it. Horsepower. Yes. So you floor it going down the freeway? Sometimes. Oh, how many tickets you got? You, uh, well, the so how fast do you go down the freeway? Well, the speed limit in my area is 70 on the freeway. How fast do you go? I'm not telling you. You can't use all the horsepower, though. No, but it's nice to, to gas it every once in a while and know that you've got it. Really? Yeah. What if you're in a situation on the road and you need to go around a car or you've got it when you need it, like you said. And all so right. Some of us use it more than others. I'm just saying. I mean, it's it's a thing. It's a thing with you. It is. I, I've had four cylinders. I've had a V6, and I've had V8s, and I like the V8s better than the rest of them. Really? Yeah, I'll pay the gas. How good for the environment is it? Are we going to start on this again? <laughs> what? Weren't you just I talking, mean, I like it. Look, don't get me wrong. You love don't, don't get me wrong. I like it, but I'm not, 
I, I really like it, but I'm not, you know, I'm not getting, I, I really like the power, mm-hmm. the sound, mm-hmm. but I don't like what it does to the planet. Okay. What? Is it okay? What about you? What about me? So what's your opinion? You don't care? I care. All right, so what's your opinion? I want the big V8 engines. You don't care what it does to the planet? I didn't say that. I'm asking you what your I, opinion is. <laughs> You're just avoiding the answering the question. I am. Why? Because you don't want people to know that you don't care? I'm I confused. C- no, I'm very, I'm very cautious and careful about the environment. Right. I can serve in other ways. So. How? Oh, my gosh. We've had this discussion multiple times Re- on this show. Recycle your toilet paper? How? No. <laughs> Just tell me how you recycle in other ways. How you care in other ways. You wash your paper towels. How do you recycle in other ways? Okay, I recycle everything I possibly can first off. Okay. So my garbage intake or output is probably two bags every other week. So maybe a bag a week. How about you? That's about the same. Yours is about the same? Yeah, we have 32 gallon for two people, 32 gallon a week. All right. Let's get on to things that really matter in the world and people who do care about the environment. Anton Wall, a woman, joins us. He's an independent analyst and investor. Hey, my bags are 12 gallon. All right. right. But you're one person. He's an independent analyst and investor. (laughs) He writes for mainly the street and seeking alpha. Uh, Tesla shows uh, Las Vegas Convention Center uh, tunnel. It's uh, car driving at uh, 23 to 35 miles an hour. And now I can't think about this because... Um, you started it. What? You started this. No, you did. Anton, how are you? Outstanding and improving with technological difficulties finally having been overcome <laughs> for unknown reason, yes. Uh, we, we were just talking to Dan about the environment. She she doesn't care about uh, uh, using big V8 engines. We were trying to explain to her that it's, it's not good for the environment. Uh, tell us what's going on with Tesla. Well, so the most interesting thing arguably has nothing to do much with their cars uh, directly any uh, the way people use them this week, and that is that the company, a uh, sister company called Boring & Company that Musk also owns, has built this tunnel under the Las Vegas Convention Center where you and I have been more times than we care to remember, Nick. Yeah. And uh, uh, basically, as you know, the Las Vegas Convention Center is a, a large and growing place. They've built a brand new facility that has expanded it even further that was just finished uh, at Christmas. And uh, in conjunction with that, um, the uh, convention center paid Tesla about $50 million to build a tunnel uh, in which they are now driving cars from one end of the convention center to the other. So you basically head underground on these escalators and then you wait for a while and you hop into the back seat of a Tesla Model 3, which will drive you at uh, somewhere between 23 and 35 miles per hour to a stop that's about, uh, you know, 102 or three or 400 yards away. And then you take the escalator up and now you are somewhere. So, uh, you know, uh, ask, tell me, what's so special about this? I actually know one thing that's special about it. They have blue flashing disco lights in there, <laughs> which makes it sound really exciting. And I was just watching uh, this lady on MSNBC the other day who was, was absolutely mesmerized by the fact that the color scheme switched between blue and green and they were flashing and it was basically like a disney ride in theory based on the lightning but other than that i'm not so sure what this is really new here a car tunnel is something we've had for i think about a hundred years now it would be nice if you could go to somewhere you know first of all i want another time saving 
So if I have to line up and get into these cars and it doesn't save me any time that I could walk on top of the convention center to get from one side to the other, which, you know, at a packed convention might take me 35 minutes. Um, so if you well, know. we know, Nick, what it takes to uh, take those escalators up to the monorail that goes by the Las Vegas Convention Center, yeah. and you stand there waiting for that monorail could take 15, 20 minutes or more. Yeah. So this won't be any better because it'll be underground. If you had just taken one of those walking, uh, moving walkways that yeah. they have at most airports from yeah. and Kruper equivalent, they can transport about 12,000 people per minute in both directions, and you don't have to wait anywhere to go any place. And here you're going a grand total from point eight to point B, point eight miles, and it's going to take you a pretty long time. So I'm just scratching my head here. It's uh, it's an amusing thing, but uh, it's basically uh, you know just a little. Uh, arcade underground as far as I can see. If if they went to like the Mandalay Bay or Circus Circus or Old Town, you know, if they went a little further I could get it. But Well, I think there's some plan there. I think there's some ambition at least. At least I read accordingly a few months ago that there's some ambition to take it further at some point. But still, this is a fairly inefficient way. And you may recall back in April of 2019, exactly almost to the day two years ago when Elon Musk proudly proclaimed that by the end of 2020, he would have one million robo-taxes on the road. And robo-taxes, by the way, is defined by the fact that there's absolutely no driver whatsoever right. in the car. And now we have these things driving at 23 to 35 miles per hour in a tunnel where there is no cross-traffic, no weather, uh, no other problems with a driver in them. All of them. They're all being driven by humans. So clearly, the, the ambition of what were to be in real life and complex traffic could not even happen in a protected underground environment like this. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you, too. I mean, the idea of these tunnels is is a good idea. It's just going to take a long time to build them. It's And it's highly expensive. And maybe it would have been great in the 1920s. But I'm not sure it's a feasible idea today. And then who's well, paying? Who's paying well, for two it? Two decades ago, Nick. Yeah, two decades ago, I proposed that in Las Vegas, as you know, the airport there is so close to town, and all you needed to transport people to and from the airport was a continuous moving walkway. Yeah. Not even any fancy other monorail or anything like that. Just a moving walkway up and down each side of the strip. Poof! Everybody got to their hotel real fast yeah. without any uh, complexity or, or moving vehicles whatsoever. And that would have been the sim simplest thing. And this essentially is going to try to sort of kind of mimic that, but in a far more costly and complex manner, which uh, is a bit of a head scratcher, if you ask me. Plus, yeah, I mean, even in the monorail from, from downtown, you could have, have done it. I mean, they laid on the monorail from the airport and they'd had continuous trains every 30 seconds. You probably could have done that. Yeah, the monorail, you know, it's funny. It stops at the MGM, which is the last hotel before the airport. I yeah. mean, it's almost comical. You, you can't make it up. I and, mean, of course, we all know the reason for this, and that is the cab mafia at the yeah. time. I mean, they were like, you cannot take away our ability to charge us for this. So that's why it stopped one stop away, basically at the end of the runway, and, of course, that whole thing has been a joke ever since. And yeah. now this thing is kind of at least a bit of a humorous joke. All right. It's, I mean, I will also tell you, too, that uh, Vegas used to be fun. And now it's got so busy, um, it's not fun. Although COVID has changed that a little and bit. And expensive. And expensive. It's gotten really expensive. Although now in COVID, you know, it was a lot cheaper. I think I got offered hotel rooms at like $100 
at some of the top hotels. Also, the underground economy is absolutely fantastic there. I mean, just like during Prohibition, 1920-33, I mean, the amount of underground nightclubs and bars and whatever have really blossomed during the last year. I mean, it's a really fantastic underground economy there now with all sorts of wonderful entertainment. That Anton, really Anton knows that. about nightclubs. All right, stand by, Anton. We're going to come back to you after the break. Stand by. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Over 12,000 people have downloaded our Auto Expert podcast and many more stream it. Join the happy listeners via iHeartRadio, Pandora, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and OurAutoExpert.com. Hours of endless fun await you. I'm Nick Miles, and this is our Auto Expert radio show. Two million Americans get their automotive news daily from our Auto Expert. Joining us on the phone, Anton Warman, independent analyst and investor. You can read the majority of his stuff at The Street and Seeking Alpha. Let's talk about Tesla. Refresh their Model S, but yet not in production, despite earlier promises of February deliveries. Another flawless promise from Tesla, or are we cold and won't see any of these ever being produced? Anton, what say you? Well, the car is coming out. The uh, funny thing, though, is that in January, you know, Tesla holds their quarterly earnings conference call to the Wall Street audience in which it reports on its financial results. And that was held in late January. And at that point, Elon Musk said very clearly that the refreshed Model S is now in production. It means that he wasn't talking about the future. He said that it was in production at that time. And then we saw just a little bit over a week ago, Dick, that Tesla actually reported its results for the first quarter. And it showed that zero, yes, zero Model S units had been produced during the quarter. Whether the new version or the old one, there was nothing going on. So um, one might say that he was not quite telling the truth there in January that the refreshed Model S was already in production. As of December, uh, March 31st, not a single one had been produced and, of course, then not delivered. Uh, owners, or I should say future-to-be owners, uh, have been told that they can expect the first deliveries perhaps by June. But uh, really the biggest offense here is not the delay. Delays do happen, as you know, Nick, for all sorts of car makers, for all, for all sorts of reasons that managements were unable to anticipate, uh, supply shortages, the mishaps that happen, uh, various things that go wrong. But when you say that a vehicle is already in production, that is a statement of historical fact. That's something that has occurred or is alleged to have occurred, um, not speculation about the future. So I think that's the biggest noteworthy thing about this Model S refresh is that the CEO said that it was already in production when it obviously wasn't. Is there a, a possible third story that they started production and something went wrong? Well, I'm sure they'll cover their you-know-what uh, with some sort of argument here that maybe they were producing some of the components of the vehicle in question or something like that. I don't think the company has made a statement to defend what they said back in January as of yet. All right. Well, again, it's uh, I feel very misled by Elon's statements. In Europe, the first week of April, we have good daily electric car delivery numbers. It's strong in Europe. Well, so what it is is that uh, for certainly for one vehicle, and that is the Volkswagen ID4, which is leading the charts in the countries where we get daily data. 
remember, this is very early on in the quarter. We have barely a full week's worth of deliveries. But so far, the deliveries of battery electric vehicles in Europe this quarter are still kind of on the low side. But Volkswagen leads the group with the ID4. The bigger picture here, Nick, is that there was a huge amount of deliveries in the very last portion of 2020 as the automakers were trying to fill their quotas. So in November and December in particular, the numbers were completely off the charts. And after that, throughout the entire first quarter and now into early April, most automakers, not all, but most of them have had very, very low deliveries. But because their quotas have actually gone up in 2021 over 2020, you can be sure that later in 2021, the numbers are again going to grow extremely large. They just haven't quite yet. We heard from Mark Gillies earlier today that uh, Chattanooga plant is now gearing up to get ID4s ready to go. Uh, is that going to make a big difference to the U.S. number delivery electric vehicles? Oh, absolutely. So that production, I mean, pre-production will probably start in a few months. But actual consumer deliveries, as I understand it, are on target for approximately July of next year, July of 2022, from Volkswagen in Chattanooga. And uh, clearly the volumes that are allocated to the U.S. market up until that point are going to be very limited. A few thousand, I don't know, five, six, seven thousand on an annualized basis from Europe, from the factory in Germany. So when the U.S. production gears up here at some point over the next year or so, starting probably in the third quarter of next year, we're going to see those deliveries become quite large from the Volkswagen factory in Chattanooga, Tennessee. It was interesting to see Ford's numbers for the first quarter this year that 70% of those people getting into the marquee came from outside the Ford brand. So definitely conquesting people who are not already in the brand. You think the same is going to happen with VW? I think so, because in this stage of the market, Nick, you have to understand that there's limited selection. There are only so many vehicles. When you usually shop for a vehicle, you look for a very narrow segment, right? You have 15 competitors competing within a couple of inches from each other, literally, in terms of what you're targeting in terms of the product. However, in this stage of the electric market, we only have a very, very few number of cars in the big scheme of things. So you really have to compromise more on size, shape, and of the brand. So people who have not considered a Ford before, and now the Mustang is there, and it's broadly speaking extremely attractive. So of course, uh, Ford is going to attract all sorts of customers from every type of brand, even the premium brand, Mercedes, Audi, uh, BMW, you name it. I think they're going to conquest vehicles from uh, buyers, I should say, from all of the other brands, even the more premium ones. And it's going to get a lot stronger this fall. We're going to see uh, the Aria. We're going to see Ionic 5. It's going to be a very strong fall for electric vehicles as well. It will. That will, though, over time, maybe not uh, before the end of this calendar year, but within the next year or two, uh, we are going to get all the traditional competitors having filling out the various uh, sort of white spaces in terms of what kind of electric cars are available. So over time, the electric car market is going to settle in to look a lot more than the conventional market as we have known it for our entire lifetimes. But at this stage in the market right now, you could, you could see an enormous amount of conquests going from extreme ends of the spectrum in terms of what they had before and what they're buying now. And clearly at this stage right now, Ford is a beneficiary of that with the Mustang Mach-E. Yeah, and I think at the end of the year, the beginning of next year, we're going to definitely see Silverado and F-150 all electrics as well. So the truck market's going to explode. 
Yeah, I mean, clearly the trucks have taken off uh, on a life of its own because you can also do some really original stuff there. So whether it's Tesla, whether it's Ford, whether it's, of course, the GMC Hummer and uh, Oddball products like the Bollinger, I think that uh, there is an opportunity there for expressing new types of individuality in the truck market that are far more difficult to do in the traditional car market where almost every vehicle now looks like a moderately used bar of soap. It's just a matter of uh, selecting the... <laughs> A exact number of inches in length and height and width yeah. and and the differences are in the big scheme of things not all that large but in the pickup truck market uh, I think you can express them an enormous amount of individuality yeah. when you just look at the Tesla Cybertruck just look at the Bollinger I mean yeah. this is going to be a fantastic market if uh, if the people just want to buy them Anton Wallman independent analyst and investor the street and seeking alpha where you can read the majority of his stuff there is nobody better in those subjects of autonomy electric vehicles and of course company news please read his stuff he is uh, very intelligent gentleman. You can read all of our stuff, see our videos, and listen to previous episodes of Our Auto Expert at ourautoexpert.com. Please see us on TV stations around the country, or you can go to the website and watch our Fox Sports show from SEMA that's recently put up at the website. We'll enjoy having you back on the show this time next week. We enjoy having you as part of our audience. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. You've been listening to Our Auto Expert with Nick Mile. Find all the show episodes at ourautoexpert.com. Please follow us on all social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Our Auto Expert. And message us for a quick and witty response.